This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, I'm Whitney Port, and to me, family is home. Hello and welcome to We Are Family. We are here with Whitney Port, a CEO, fashion designer, entrepreneur, creative consultant, digital influencer, and TV personality. You will all know her from the reality show The Hills and subsequent spin-off The City. She has a podcast called With Wits and a fashion line called Whitney Eve. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband Tim and her son Sunny, who just turned four. Whitney, welcome to We Are Family. Thanks for coming on. Of course. I'm so happy to be here and so excited to chat with you guys. Oh, we're so thrilled to have you. So um, as you know, this is a podcast all about family. And, you know, we want to hear all about your family today. But also I wanted to kind of dig into a little bit of your background. So you grew up in a large family, right? You were one of five siblings. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So I am the middle child of five kids. My brother is the oldest named Ryan. Then I have an older sister, Ashley, and then me, and then my younger sister, Paige, and the younger sister, Jade. And Four of us are in L.A. and one of us is in Chicago. What was that like growing up It's one of five? Did it feel like it was hard to get your voice heard? Was it really busy? Paint us a picture of your childhood a little bit. So to me, my childhood was kind of idyllic. I lived in this great, happy, big family. Our grandparents helped raise us. My parents were happily married. It felt kind of like heaven. And really with the five kids, it was rare. Like we didn't really fight so much. Some of my other sisters fought, but I think for me, my personality has always been one to steer away from the drama. (laughs) But I do remember definitely sometimes feeling a little bit like left behind in a way, not like it was ever on purpose, but feeling like my mom was always late to pick me up or I don't know, just like something was, um, I I wasn't necessarily probably getting the attention that Sunny, my only child gets for sure. (laughs) But I don't, I don't really ever feel like I wasn't heard. I always felt like my parents did a really good job of sitting down at the dinner table every weeknight and making sure that like everyone got a turn. But I think my my parents raised us and a lot of us obviously being girls to be like really strong, loud women. And so we never really had a problem getting our, our voice heard. And I think that's something that has been integral to us being strong women today. I love that. And so being one of five, how did that kind of mold your your vision of how you wanted to be a parent? So I think when I was younger, I think when I was like a late teenager into early 20s, I think I was always like, I'm going to have a big family for sure. Like, I love my big family so much. I'm so connected to them. Like, it's just the most fun. I never went to summer camp. Like, summer camp was always just at our house. Um, and then I think as I started to realize that I wanted like so much more out of life for myself, which included a career that really took a lot of hard work, you know? And like, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had that entrepreneurial spirit because my dad had that. And I think it's just sort of like in my blood. And I realized that maybe a large family wasn't something that was going to allow me to be like super happy and 
balanced. So once Timmy and I started talking about kids, like we were always just on the like two to three train. We still haven't made like a definitive decision. You know, we always try to keep things like loose and open-ended, but I don't know after having one, I don't know that I could have more than three. (laughs) You know, I feel you. I have one daughter and I am very happy with that. I also thought that maybe, I mean, I'm in a different situation because I'm a single mom. And um, so that sort of takes some more thinking, but of course, um, but no, I, you know, the, the, the more I kind of, it's like a mindfulness thing for me, kind of just experiencing what it's like to have just the one child and, and appreciate that for, for what it is. There's a lot of perks. <laughs> it's so true. It, there are a lot of perks and there's so much of me that would love to keep it as one, you know, Mm -hmm. like there is so much of me that feels like everything is just so wonderful and so beautiful. And life is for me personally and like personal health, my well being. like I finally kind of feel like I'm figuring things out and figuring out like how to be happy while having like a really full, busy life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, why kind of ruffle the feathers? But then, you know, there's just that, that other part of me that says it, do I, do I see myself in 20 years looking back and possibly, you know, regretting not having a little bit of a struggle to like have the second and have a hard, you know, couple years to then be able to give Sonny a sibling, which he started to actually ask me for, which I never thought he would, but he did. Oh, that's tough. I hope that I'm not alone in this. It would make me feel better (laughs) knowing I'm not alone. But I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to struggle. It's, and it's hard to make plans and then think about, wait, I don't know if I want to do what I originally said I want to do, or things aren't going the way that I thought they were going to go. You know, I'm sure you didn't necessarily think, and not to get like all personal. No, please. That's what we're here for. (laughs) But that you were going to be a single mom, right? right? Like, yes, absolutely. I think parenthood and my journey into parenthood, and I think for all parents everywhere and moms, it's been like, it's such a lesson in not being able to control your life. Like we all know that we don't have real control over our life. I mean, we can influence it as much as we want to, but at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. And you kind of have to just like go down that that path a little bit, I feel like. A hundred percent. I mean, my sister, she just had a baby and the baby flipped like the week before she was due and she ended up having to get a C-section and she was like really torn up about it, even though you Mm. know logically that that is going to be an option. But when it actually happens and you weren't prepared for it or you didn't think that that was how it was going to go, you immediately feel this loss of control that's like very unsettling. And I think that is so much of what the beginning stages of being a parent is about. And part of me wanted to be like, welcome to parenthood, you know, like it's not ever going to go exactly as you have like outlined. Yes. I think that that concept of that birth plan is the very first moment, I think, for a lot of parents where they realize like you might as well just throw all that planning out the window to a certain extent. Well, that's exciting for your sister. Congrats. (laughs) Yeah, we're so excited. And I think the conversation about siblings is an interesting one because I feel like I often think about what it would be like for my daughter to have a sibling as she grows up. But becoming an adult, I think your relationship with your siblings can really, really shift and change. I mean, a hundred percent. I think I will. I've been close with my sisters always. And I think 
really when we were younger, we were like inseparable. And then obviously we got older and we got married and we're starting to have kids and everyone has their separate lives. But I think what has been the most helpful is to have that support system when, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, but when like when shit happens and the only people that really understand how you're feeling is your family. Like my dad passed away in 2013 Mm. and I can't imagine not having them these past eight years to like have all those memories to like relive and to have other people that knew him as much as I did so that we could like keep his memory and spirit alive in order for our kids. And it's really, really, really special, but it's also really, really complicated. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like my mom is always saying like, it is so hard having adult children. Like she never knows exactly when to step in, when to give an opinion, when it's warranted, you know, and um, I feel for her. her (laughs) That's something that that's, that's, that's going to be in our future. (laughs) Navigating those relationships. For sure. Yeah. And, but I mean, it's useful too. I mean, my mom, you know, when I had my daughter, I got, there was so much about my relationship with my mom that I understood better once I became a mom. Did you find that too? Oh yes. 100%. And like, I think that it it allows me to know her in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And I think that it makes me, it makes me really appreciate her so much more. But it's also sometimes I feel a little guilty being an adult and now having my own family and tending to them and feeling like I'm leaving this other portion of my family behind or to the side or, you know, like, I yeah. don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing coming from a big, uh, cl- and even not, a, you don't even have to be, come from a big family, but to have that, to start to ha- form your own family and to separate from your like original family. It takes some time to feel okay about it. Yeah. Yeah. Navigating those boundaries, like who hosts right. Thanksgiving, right. <laughs> you know, what, what, who, where are the, where are the holidays? Who's the kind of main host of the holidays? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. It's so important things that we should think about more and like that setting boundaries is totally okay when it comes to family and not something to feel guilty about. It's important. And I think it strengthens your relationships with your relationship with your family. So it is important to do even sometimes when it's hard. Let's go back in time a little bit and talk about your mom and your dad. So um, when you started on the Hills in 2006, what did your parents think about it? What was your, what were the, did they support you? What was their kind of approach as you launched your reality TV career? Yeah. So my, my family, they were totally supportive. Like we grew up loving reality TV. Like <laughs> we sat on the couch together watching American Idol and The Bachelor. And I think really like my parents trusted me and they trusted the person that they raised to navigate this world in a, decent way. And so they wanted me to do whatever I felt like comfortable doing. I see that. So if Sonny were to turn around and say, mom, I want to be on TV, what would you let him? I hit that so hard. See, I feel like, oh, it's, it's, there's so many depending factors. One, it depends on what kind of kid he is. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that he obviously has 
um, a good head on his shoulders and has a good character and makes decent decisions um, and doesn't want the fame just for the sake of fame. You know, obviously, if those if if he's if he is not that, then I urge him not to do it. <laughs> um, I would probably tell him not to do it. But honestly, I can't. I wouldn't tell him not to if I felt like this was something that was going to like help lead him to a world that he wants to be in. Maybe a career opportunity. I don't know. It's hard. Like part of me wants to say, no, 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 don't do it. Like steer away from it. But I was able to really have a positive experience and like grow a business out of my passion and don't have any regrets about it. So it would be hard for me to tell him not to. It just would be so dependent on what kind of kid he is. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. And that's the thing. I think having kids, like you think, you know, they're their own people. They have their own personalities. You know, that's always like a big lesson, I think, for us parents. Yeah. Like it's like you have to you know, metaphorically, like cut the cord in lots of different ways every single day in order for them to like form their own identity and have some sense of independence and really be able to like discover the world and learn what feels good and cozy to them. So tell me a little bit about how you met your husband, Tim. Yes. Did you know right away that you wanted to parent with him? Um, What were your kind of first impressions? Yeah. So I really believe it was love at first sight for me and Tim. Like we, we met in New York city through a mutual friend. And then through that mutual friend, he ended up getting a job as a producer on the city, the show that I was on. And so we just became really close because when you're filming a TV show, it's like summer camp. You're with each other all the time. And for me, I was like even closer to the producers than I was the actual cast. So we just became really close and like, we were obsessed with each other, but never acted on anything. Like we were, we had this Blackberry messenger relationship that like, we just were, we were really, really good flirty friends. And it wasn't until the show ended that we actually were like, okay, let's do this. The first night we decided to become official, um, I knew he was the one I was going to marry. Like, I knew that once Timmy became my boyfriend, that that was it for me. And I knew that we would have children. I knew I wanted him to be the father of my my children. I knew he just had this, like, this insanely loyal, trustworthy, like, light-hearted humor that I, that was infectious. And I knew that that it was really, I think, that the humor that really got me. It was like I knew that this man would make me laugh for the rest of my life. Mm. And like obviously his character and his heart and his sense of like right and wrong and the fact that I can really like trust him and tell him anything and believe that what he's saying me is leading me in the right direction. Like all those things obviously are so important in, in values and choosing the person that you're meant to be with. But it was really, I think his humor that I was just like, I am obsessed with you. Like if you can make me laugh for the rest of my life, I feel like I'm, I'm set. I love that. That's so sweet. So then you were engaged in 2013, but that was also the year that you lost your dad. Yes, yes. That was really, really hard for me because it felt like it was supposed to be the happiest time of my life, like getting in, you know, about to be getting engaged and really starting starting my life as a 28-year-old. And then this happened and 
this experience really bonded Timmy and I together. Like Mm -hmm. this experience, you know, can sometimes I feel like either make or break a couple. And my sister had a similar experience with her boyfriend that she had literally just started dating. And Mm -hmm. he moved in with she and my mom right after my dad passed away. And I just feel like because we had such an amazing father who was such a wonderful model of grace and silliness and like beautiful heart. I think that we were able to then know what we wanted in a man. And I feel so lucky for that. And I think that my sisters and I have found just like such amazing men that my father would be so, so, so proud and happy about. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. So Sunny has just turned four, but let's go back to when you first found out you were going to be a mom. Was it a planned pregnancy or were you, were you surprised? It wasn't like super planned, but I had been off my birth control and it happened pretty fast. And yeah, I was pretty shocked and like, (laughs) I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I was terrified. Like the thing is I was, I was not so terrified of like the birth Mm -hmm. and having the baby really. It was just like that. I was terrified of the pregnancy. I was just so scared of the unknown of what was happening to my body. And also I was really, really, really nauseous for like the first 18 weeks. So that just made me not feel very like connected to the pregnancy either. I also didn't find out. We never found out if it was going to be a girl or a boy. And like, I love that we had that surprise, but I wonder if not knowing the sex, like, made me feel some way less connected to it. Yeah, the pregnancy portion of my life was definitely not my favorite, but Mm. I'm trying to look at it with like more of a a growth and learning lens um, because I think that once, you know, once you've kind of gone through it, you can have, I don't know, an easier attitude about it, I hope. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. No, yes, absolutely. It is that, like, great transition into parenthood, like we talked before, that, like, loss of control, your body's kind of taken over. I mean, half of it is trying to worrying about the baby. Half of it is worrying about your own self. Yes. Um, and then you're kind of projected <laughs> into early motherhood, which is a whole nother trip. Yes. Do you, What were your, what was your experience of that postpartum period and early motherhood? The postpartum experience for me was really, really challenging. I didn't know who to turn to 
my mom who had five kids who you think that she would kind of be your guide. Like she really, I feel, I felt like she was scared to tell me what to do a little bit. Like breastfeeding was very, very, very hard for me and it was never really hard for her. And so I don't know, it just, it was like, where do you turn? None of my friends really good friends had had babies yet or were in that phase. And so, um, I, I had a very, very difficult time. I, I exclusively pumped for six months. Mm. Um, I got mastitis three times. I continually told myself after getting mastitis that I was going to quit breastfeeding and I, or pumping, excuse me. And I didn't because I was just too held back by the guilt and held back by the unknown. So much emotion goes into it. Exactly. So much emotion. And so that first post, that first six months of, of Sunny's life is just a fog for me because of that. I think that mm-hmm. I was struggling with that whole relationship with breastfeeding, you know, day in and day out. I wasn't even really focusing on like my relationship with my baby or like what my baby was even up to. Yeah, completely. So talking about a sort of another difficult subject, you've spoken openly about the miscarriage that you had in 2019. And as somebody who's also gone through miscarriage and also looking at the statistics at how common they are, I always say, like, thank you, you know, to anybody who's in the public eye for speaking out about these things that a lot of people are going through um, in silence. Um, but you did write at the time that your identity was really shaken, and obviously it can be a very traumatic experience. I unfortunately had two miscarriages and had really different reactions to both of them. My first miscarriage, I was about nine weeks and I was oddly kind of relieved when it happened. And it made me feel like such a monster. And that was one of the times really when I opened up about all that on my podcast and was so nervous for what people were going to say because I had really never heard anybody feeling that way before. Like I had always heard that miscarriage was obviously the most devastating thing mm. of all time. And I want to be sensitive to that, but I I didn't necessarily feel that way and I felt so horrible. And so it was a very, very confusing time for me. Mm-hmm. It was a very weird, like grieving period. And then The second time, I was so ready for it to happen. I was so excited. We were ecstatic. We were pregnant. And then again, around that same time, it was like eight weeks, we started to realize that it just wasn't a healthy pregnancy. And I was devastated. It was like all my grief feelings from my father came and like crashed over me. It was, it was just like an immense, immense amount of grief and just this feeling kind of like emptiness and of like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want to put myself through these, these complicated, confusing feelings anymore. And so that was, that was the end of last year. And then Mm -hmm. now in May, I had a chemical pregnancy um, and so at this point I'm like, I, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because it's something that I really, I really do want, like I really want it to happen, but I'm so conflicted. And sometimes I wonder if that confliction is making it harder for my, for my body to actually make it happen. And I like, don't want to go the route of like, like, the, the timing, everything and the like mm-hmm. IVF, like the thought of that sounds so scary to me. 
Of course. Of course. But um, I think you bring up a really good point that so much around miscarriage is that like personal guilt and that feeling that you could influence it one way or another. You know, we've done so much reporting on parents.com and in Parents Magazine about how there's truly just this, these things, miscarriages happen. It's not your fault as a mother. And as much as you can take that guilt off of your, off of your shoulders, yeah, I mean, you really highlight that broad range of reactions and feelings people can have around miscarriage and that trying to conceive journey. It is so, yes. it's such, it's such a messes with your mind in so many different ways. It really does because it's like, it's something that you want, but you're like putting yourself through this emotional and physical strife. And it's like, why am I doing this? You know, it's very confusing. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about one other thing, because this is a podcast about family and interesting complexities behind family. Is it right? Is it true that Tim found out he had an older brother he didn't know about later in life? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what was what was that story? So long story short, his mom um, had put his older brother up for adoption when she was younger, and they ended up finding each other through a website about, gosh, I think it was like maybe six years ago now. And we now have this amazing family. They live in Georgia. So we have his brother and his wife and their kids and nephews and nieces and like just this amazing new warm family that has been such a gift. Like, I feel like you don't necessarily hear stories like that, you know? Yeah, you found some more family. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And I found family is like the best because you don't even have, you don't have the sticks of like the past history. Like it's all new family. Right. So you've been out to visit them? Yes. Yes. We went this summer. We went out to visit them where they live on a lake in Georgia and it was amazing. And we, we spent my mother-in-law's 70th birthday all together in Montana. And it's, it's really, really, really wonderful. Like it's just such a gift and I'm so happy for them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that. That is just so awesome. What a cool story. (laughs) Um, and so then the last 18 months, I think, has just been some of the most challenging times to, to, yes. to be a parent. Yes. Um, what was the pandemic like for your family? It was a, really a mix. You know, I think that for the most part, we were extremely lucky. We were healthy. Our family stayed healthy. Parts of my family were really, really isolated. And so that was challenging. But I think for my family it finally forced me to take a look at my mental health and take a look at a lot of things that I was pushing down and not dealing with and thinking that just because I had mostly good days that I was fine. But I think that it really forced me to like take a look at my my shadow, you know, because we didn't have time. We didn't have the distractions. And I think for me, like it strengthened my family. Like my the three of us are operating in such like a smooth way and dynamic right now and really being so thoughtful about the way that we're talking to each other Mm -hmm. that that has been a blessing. And I think for a lot of people, the pandemic kind of shifted their values and their, their kind of hopes and dreams for their family. What kind of hope do you have for your family in the future? What are your kind of priorities? For family, I think it's just like maintaining the happiness that we have now and really being present in all these beautiful moments because... I think we will look back and look at a lot of these moments spent together as the best of our lives. And I think it's really about taking like those mental snapshots and just maintaining that presence like forever. 
I love that. That's beautiful. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on We Are Family. We were so glad to have you. It's been so great to chat. Of course. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're so warm and lovely. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Whitney Port. Come back next week when we'll be talking to Bachelor Nation super couple Ashley Iconetti Haben and Jared Haben about their roller coaster romance, their family's reaction to their relationship, Ashley's pregnancy, and how they're preparing to become first time parents. Be sure to follow We Are Family on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at parents.com slash wearefamilypodcast. We Are Family is presented by me, Julia Dennison, and produced by Sam Walker. Editing is by Vincent Cachione, and thanks also to the rest of our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, and Danielle Roth. We'll see you back here next week for more We Are Family. 